You're listening to the Simon Barnett and James Daniels Afternoons podcast from Newstalk ZB. Theresa Gatting is one of New Zealand's most successful business people. She made waves in 1999, becoming a CEO of then Telecom at just 37 years old. After leaving Telecom, she started several immensely successful businesses, been a board member on some of the world's largest organisations, been involved with a number of not-for-profit and philanthropic interests. Among her many accolades, she was appointed a companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit for services to business and philanthropy. In 2015, she was inducted to the RNZ SPCA and the New Zealand Business Hall of fame and she was named as one of the most powerful women in the world by Forbes magazine she's recently started her new venture Compatico a matchmaker service it's a privilege and a pleasure to welcome Teresa getting on for six and a song hello Teresa great Teresa good afternoon thank you for coming on hey let's look at your early life where did you grow up where did you go to uh, do your study and how did you start in business well, I grew up in Wellington, and then um, when I was seven, I shifted to Rotorua. My parents were British immigrants, and, um, you know, they capitalised the family benefit to build yeah. a house in Johnsonville. So yeah. I come from a family of sort of a modest means who always prized working hard, and both my parents wanted myself and my three sisters to go to university because they never had the chance to do that where, where they came from. So... Yeah, it was all about working hard and getting an education. And in those days, it was easier. You didn't have the big student loan debt that you mm. have the, can have these days. Mm. So I, um, I did a business degree. I got honours. I did a business degree in economics and marketing at the at the University of Waikato, and then I did a law degree at Victoria University. Where does your entrepreneurial flair come from? Both my parents, but particularly my father. He actually retired from full time work partly because of health reasons at forty eight and died a few years ago at 85, and all in between that, he was an entrepreneur. And he encouraged my mother to be an entrepreneur as well. So around our family table, it was always, uh, first of all, I was encouraged to take risks, which Mm. is still something I think some women have difficulty with. Mm. Uh, My father took risks. he, he, He pushed himself to be able to afford to build the next property, to do the next thing, took risks, and encouraged us to do the same, encouraged us to be financially independent. So I guess it, it really came from that. But I loved um, business. Once I started working and had a team, I decided I didn't want to be a lawyer. I would just carry on with a business career. Mm. So where, where did you start your business career? What companies? TBNZ. In the media, although that's hardly ever been commented on. No. What did you do at TBNZ? Well, I was um, an assistant research officer in sales and marketing. So I was actually uh, pitching advertising agencies and clients to use television. So, you know, way back when, that was in the 80s. And um, wow. isn't it interesting, the resilience of radio in some ways compared to free-to-air TV. Anyway, I studied TVNZ. When I finished my law degree, I moved into financial services. And then that became my career path up through National Mutual, BNZ, and then over to Telecom. Wow. They say for every successful business venture, people have often had around seven or eight failures. What's your biggest failure? Oh, yes, I have had failures. Um, quite early on, a group of friends and I set up a sort of an upmarket children's business in Wellington, and it didn't fly. And, and really, I think, you know, that was probably two decades before such a thing could have worked, and even then, Wellington might have been too small a market. So yeah. I've definitely, I've invested in things that didn't work. I um, 
set up a, a clothing business in, in the US, in California, right at the time of the global financial crash, just before 2008. And that didn't work, but I bought all the clothes back and um, huh. used them to support some of the charitable initiatives that I'm involved with. So I don't, I don't really consider any of this a failure. This is all just the learning that gets, you know, it sort of turns into something else and I just go forward, I, you know, so I don't, I don't sort of think about failure in that sense. Ah, good on you. I don't mean to get too personal, but I guess you could say that you did have a failure when it went to, when it came to dating and you were on Tinder and oh, Bumble. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, no, no, I wasn't on Tinder, but I tried various platforms. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Well, well, uh, again, is it a failure? Is it not yet successful? I'm not sure. But anyway, nice. yes, I, mm. I um, <laughs> decided in my sort of mid-late 50s and I would like to have another partner, and was really just so, so almost shocked, really, at the paucity of options that were out there. Nothing elegant, you know, really, really nothing that that worked for me. And I thought, look, I, I, I can make this happen. I can, I can, I can solve this, and this will benefit a lot of people if I can solve this. So over the last year, um, my my team and I, my partners in the business, have pulled our skills to create something which has, has really flown in the first couple of weeks. We've just had a tremendous start. Now, I, I want to talk to you about that because James and I had a really good discussion yes. on this dating apps, dating service, and, and in particular, we talked about Compatica and we talked about how much you charge. And I, you know, I think the standard service is around six ninety five, and you've got the elite service, the premium service around six k, which I think is pretty good value. You know, like if you're looking for love and it's exclusive, and you get all the add-ons, which is the face-to-face and the appointments and the investigations into the character of the other person, etc. It's all great. But it, it's, you've tapped into a market. Everybody wants to find somebody special. And I did wonder, though, you talk about registrations. I'm really asking for a hand-on-heart honesty opinion here. How, or, or how many people are registering for Compatico? Um, look, obviously, I'm not going to disclose numbers online, but can I tell you from the minute, the, literally the minute it launched, mm. the minute it launched on that Sunday, people were paying to sign up straight away. The expensive one, the, the, uh, many on the 6K option? It, 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 obviously, a lot more on the, on the membership option, mm. but at, it's at the, the uh, ratio of the platinum option to the gold option is exactly on what I thought in terms of the business plan. So, wow. yeah, look, it's going really well. And I I hopped on, um, I tried to call you on that call. Oh. I was in, actually in Wellington at the time, but the, the lines must have been jammed because I couldn't get through. So I mm. listened to it. And you're right. M- many people said, look, I flew to, I flew to Russia to chase yeah. mm. someone. And, and the, the, the other woman who said, yes, of course, because Tinder and Bumble, those are not great experiences. So, look, if you look at um, its value relative to overseas where those services are offered, it, it is a really good value for money. If you mm-hmm. Google San Francisco matchmakers, have a look at the prices that that, that charge. Yeah. Australia has this as well, but in, with the Australian companies, they don't, have the, they don't have their prices transparently on their website. You have to start the process to find out what it costs. Mm-hmm. But with the US companies, quite a few of them do have their pricing on the website. So, you know, Take, take a look at that. I understand that everything's relative, but for the personalised level of service, it's just a matter of what priority you give it in your life. Yeah. yeah. Hey, Teresa, you can tell me to go and get stuffed if you want, but we did touch on, on you uh, seeking a partner, and you mentioned it yourself. How has that worked out for you? Well, you mean in the last two weeks? Well, nothing's changed in the last two weeks. 
I haven't had anybody say, hey, can we meet? But nor have I had anyone creepy say, mm, you know. Nice. So, so, so nothing's changed since I launched. And look, that's not why I did the business. I did the business because, in fact, I, I didn't want to put myself out there. I didn't want to be the, didn't want to launch it. I tried to say, Deb, hey, look, I don't want to. And she said, you're going to have to. So I said, okay, mm. Deb, I'll do what you say. I will. <laughs> so, um, can, you, can you have it all? Like, can you have it all? You, you're obviously tremendously successful. You're fiercely intelligent. Interesting. Very creative. You, you, so you've got all that. But I wonder, again, this is deeply personal, but I wonder, yeah. have you sacrificed, you know, the, the love life side of your life for the business life? Or can you have both? Well, I think you, you should, of course you can have it all. You can't have it all between breakfast and morning tea. It can take a lifetime <laughs> to achieve to achieve success in business, and it can also take two or three goes in love, as as many people would attest to. So, mm. I had a very strong and stable relationship for well over twenty years. So, you know, um, mm. and then for many years after that, I really wasn't in the frame of mind to. I, I wasn't grounded enough. I wasn't sort of. It wasn't a priority. So. Now it's become more of a priority, so we'll see what happens. Hey, stop selling yourself on our radio station. <laughs> just, station. <laughs> you shouldn't have invited me on the show if you want me to do that. <laughs> okay. No, I love that about you, that you've yeah, been yeah. so honest, because that yeah. is personal, but good. Now, we're just going to whip through some rapid-fire questions to get to the nitty-gritty of who you really are. All right, uh, first one is, what advice would you give to your 15-year-old self? Um, not to be in so much of a hurry. I, I didn't understand then that life is a marathon, not a sprint, and I was... You know, I was, I burnt myself out of my mid-twenties just by doing, working full-time, studying full-time, just trying to do too much. So, so basically, to pace myself, life's a long time. Nice, mm, nice. What's your greatest fear, if you have one? Um, probably, probably having, it. I've burnt, I've burnt out twice in my life, once in my mid-twenties and once in my mid-fifties, and it's just awful. It's, you know, it's a year recovery. That's probably my greatest fear, because I get so interested in things, and I, I want to, you know, expand whatever it is I'm doing, whether it's the Gating Foundation with my sister or whether it's Compatico, whatever it is. And so it's hard for me. I don't have an off switch very, very easily. So that's hard to, to, to you know, stay at the top of my game but not push myself too, too hard. How, how did the burnout manifest? What happened to you? Yeah. Oh, um, oh well, like in my mid-50s, I actually collapsed. My body said, uh, your body has the last word, right? Mm. And my body just said, no, actually, you can't get out of bed. Oh, so man, I just thing. stopped and and really took a, a very good, a very big reset. And oh, since I've done all sorts of things, like just earlier this year, I got a puppy because I've always loved animals and my cat had died and animals just keep your heart open. Oh, and, nice. You know, they're just, they're, yeah. So all, just, just being intentional about, Taking time to do the things that bring me joy. Business brings me joy, but you know, so does uh, so do other things as well. Puppies now, yeah. Hey, what's your favourite movie? Uh, my favourite movie. Well, in the day, I quite like Pulp Fiction actually. Oh, me um, too. Oh, did you? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I did. Oh, it was great. I, I I haven't seen a movie for probably a year or so. That gimp oh, character. I didn't watch it. I'm too scared. I'm a poor person to ask that question. <laughs> what If you could see any musician or band live, who would you choose? Oh, Adele. Oh, I yeah. I her in Auckland, which was last in New Zealand. Her voice, it is unbelievable, sensational. It's better than her records. You know, just, yeah. it's a voice. It's a, it's a voice 
only once in a generation, Adele, any day. Good choice. Well, it's not just her voice, to, uh, to be frank, actually, Teresa. It's what she says with that voice. Oh, it's yes. Just she's wonderful. so clever and accessible. Yeah. And I read that her latest show, she wants the stage in certain formats so she can really mingle with the audience. And, yeah, she's just she's an amazing presence on stage. Yeah, mm. you got it. Hey, if you could uh, invite any one person still alive for dinner, who would that be? Michelle Obama. Oh, yeah. I just love both her books. I, I thought her autobiography was probably the best autobiography I've ever read. Mm. I liked her second book as well. And um, I've never met her. I've met Barack Obama when he came to New Zealand, but I've never met Michelle. I've met Hillary Clinton when she came to New Zealand. I'd love to have lunch or dinner with Michelle Obama. Lovely. Good call. We have thoroughly enjoyed chatting yeah. with you, Teresa, and really genuinely wish you every success yeah. with Compatica, because actually I can tell your heart's in it as well. It's not just money-making, although there's nothing oh, wrong no, with that. Your heart's in is. this. Yeah. yeah Good on you. You've got people trying to skip the Compatico, uh route, and they're trying to get hold of you through text here <laughs> at the moment, but we won't pass them on. We'll say, go to Compatico, mate. Hey, Teresa, before you go, what's your choice of song and why, please? Um, Love is in the air, John Paul Young, because that is what Compatico is about. It is actually about love and connection. The world can be quite grim sometimes, and we really want to increase the amount of love in the world. And I love that song because it's really catchy, and you can read into it not just romantic love, but other sorts of love. So I always want to dance when I hear that song come on the radio. Great choice. Here is your song, Teresa. Best of luck, and thank you again. Thank you. Love is in the air. For more from Simon Barnett and James Daniels Afternoons, listen live to News Talk ZB or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems. Or a but. I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.